hello and welcome to season two, episode thirteen of the Raider Power Podcast. I'm Ryan, and with me, as always, is my man Moss and our boy Evan. How we doing today, fellas? Evan, I'm gonna let you go first, man. Sure, man. Um, I'm doing good. You want to know why? Because we are getting into the full swing of basketball season, baby, and that is my full focus moving forward, uh, except for the small game on Saturday. I, uh, I have to agree with that. I'm doing pretty good. Back in Lubbock, Texas. Good to see all the Texas Tech Red Raider fans everywhere. Uh, everywhere you go around here, you're going to see the double T, even the grocery store, or and really anywhere, Toys R Us. Which yeah, I, man. Uh, Same was, here. Being back Evan in Boston, not, uh, uh, there's nothing like seeing all these uh, Texas Tech fans. <laughs> I didn't let Evan into Toys R Us. <laughs> but... Um, they said if I shaved, I could come back. But that's besides the point. Yeah, I think we're both doing good, Ryan. How about yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm doing great. Like I was saying, it's great to see all the tech fans here in Boston as well. Uh, you know, they're out in droves every day. <laughs> <laughs> now, in reality, I'm doing great. You know, it's always good going into a holiday weekend. You know, you got the last football game of the season, and it's a big one. Like you said, basketball is in full swing, but it's also just great, you know, get to see the family, have some good food, a couple of cords lights, and I think – at that juncture, why don't we crack a cold one to the holidays? Oh, baby. I, I can do that. Woo! Mm. And, you know, it's a little treat for me having uh, the two of you in one screen back home in Lubbock. Uh, so what, you guys have any good plans while you're back home? Uh, spend a lot of time with the family. You know, get that in. Go to church. Be a good Christian. Uh, and eat a lot of food and drink a lot of beer. Yeah, that's about the same for me, Ryan. you gotta love it you gotta love it um but yeah i say you know with that let's hop into it and talk about this big thanksgiving weekend that's upcoming for you know all of the texas tech teams um you know the the basketball team is going to have an interesting thanksgiving but let's start off as we always do with football the texas tech red raiders got another heartbreaking loss at home against kansas state this past saturday and you know the dreams of bowling are officially dead. Yeah. Uh, but what do we what do we think about this game? You know, it was another one score loss, like we've seen a lot of times this season. Mm. Frankly, frankly, too many times this season. A one a one score loss at home. Um, what what do you guys think of this last home game? Yeah, Ryan, I think this is the, if I'm not mistaken, the third game that we have lost by three points or less this season. Uh, mm-hmm. By no means is that an excuse, but you got to think that we're right in those games, you know, because we're close. We're close to that consistent, you know, eight and four season or better that we're trying to see as Tech fans. Wells is right there. Um, I don't want to derail us too much, but we've seen him bring in a monster recruiting class for next year. We're already at fourth in the Big 12, which is better than Cliff ever did in his tenure, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's brought in some really, really high recruits. So I'm, I'm hopeful for the future of the program for sure. Um, but yeah, it was a tough loss. It was a tough loss, um, that, that we honestly should have won. Yeah. Just standard Evan, uh, hating on cliff. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had to mix that one in. Yeah. yeah. Just, just had All to right. toss that in there for the listeners. Did I, did I do that? I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> uh, like Ryan said, just an absolute heartbreaker, you know, if Tech could have gotten a couple calls to go their way, like the reception for a touchdown, um, that I believe was a catch um, yep. that wasn't overturned. Instead of, or I guess it wasn't overturned that they called as incomplete. 
and uh, that, you know, the game could have gone differently. Um, but, yeah, we just got to live with it. You know, expectations were, you know, right around this area. It was good to see Wells, you know, kind of just keep keep the intensity, keep everyone focused. It was uh, interesting to see TJ Vasher in there. Um, and, I, honestly, I thought Patterson did a pretty good job. Um, Ghost did an okay job. You know, it was just it's it's just disappointing to see them lose again in such a close game. Um, just seems to keep on happening. And you know, like we've said every episode, Tech just cannot get away from letting up the big plays. It just kept kept on happening, and that's you know that's the reason that they lost this game. Yeah, and I think contrary to the last two games, I think that the 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 brunt of the blame falls on the offense, whereas TCU. Um, as well as uh, – what am I blanking here? Uh, anyways, the, the loss falls on the offense because our defense really did its job, to, in my opinion. You know, we, we held them to 372 total yards, which is vastly different compared to last week against TCU, who we gave 549 yards up, I believe, the week before um, against or, – or I guess – two weeks um, against West Virginia, even though we stole that game, uh, we still gave up 550 yards. So um, I thought our defense played much better. Our offense struggled. We saw it throughout the game. You know, Jet throwing two interceptions, albeit one, maybe not entirely his fault. Um, the other one was definitely his fault. Of course. And that was that was a huge play in that game. Yep. But, yeah, it was, uh, it was tough. And, you know, as a Tech fan, you hate to see – the hope of going bowling done before the season's even over. It almost seems like a uh, semi-pointless game on Friday against against the Longhorns. But I want to bring everyone back to one of Mahomes' years. Um, if I'm not mistaken, we were already out of contention for, for going bowling, um, and we went and played Baylor yep. in Dallas. And our guys showed up, and they played their hearts out because it was kind of like their bowl game. And, uh, you know, they, they went out, and, and they gave it everything they had. And especially the seniors, this is their last game. So I don't expect us to come out Friday and just, and just roll over and say it's done. I expect us to give UT a hell of a fight, and I think that we're, we're in contention to win that game, no question. Hey, I'm with you, man. I would love to see us come out and just – put a damper on the UT season, you know, really end us with a bang and end them in, with a hell of a loss and go into next year just ready to fight again. Uh, but I will say one other thing that was uh, pretty positive for me is I think I saw the Texas Tech quarterback of the future get in that game in Austin <laughs> McNamara. You saw our boy, <laughs> our boy, the special teamer, Austin McNamara, the punter, playing. Showing he, he's got all, all sorts of stuff in the bag. One for one for 34 yards. That's a fucking hell of a performance, Austin. Throwing a bomb, man. Throwing a bomb. Yeah. And I and was kicking so, bombs, too. And I was so pissed that Wells didn't go for it on that fourth down. And then I said, man, you know, whatever. He's going to punt it. You know, we'll actually have a chance to get the ball back. And then he throw. I mean, it was, it was a great play. So that was one of the very first, you know, what is that, trick plays that Wells mm. has done that I was on board with. So, so yep. now we know Wells can't call fake kicks. He can call fake punts. <laughs> that is that is true. Uh, problem was, right after that huge momentum swing, we throw a 
totally unnecessary pick. Yeah. And that and that yeah. was the reason we lost that game. That's and what I'm saying. Keep Austin in the game, man. <laughs> Go back to that fake punt, though. I don't know about you, you guys. <laughs> it was one of those deals where where you see it unfolding, and you're going, "What are you doing, Wells? You moron! Uh, oh, good play call. Good play call. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's what I was doing at least. And um, oh, it absolutely, worked, it worked out well. And then, you know, our the whole crew I was watching it with was just going absolutely nuts. But uh, you're exactly right, Chris. Whenever you have that big momentum that's given away the very next play. That is just an absolute ball breaker. I mean, that was tough. But, you know, I think, as we've said before, this next game, Texas, the keys to that are going to be causing havoc and starting out fast. Things that we've said every week and things that Tech doesn't necessarily do every week, but I want to see them put Texas in a body bag and uh, start looking to next year. There is no game that I am more excited for every season, does not matter the record, than going into UT or UT coming to Lubbock. That I, I have a deep-seated hatred for the Texas Longhorns. I don't even know why at this point. I just really don't like them. And I see us going in there and uh, surprising everyone with a big upset. I know why, Chris. As lifelong Tech fans, you hate the Walmart fans. I mean, 50% of their fans get their gear at walmart they've never even heard of the damn school and, walmart you know, fans yeah they're the walmart the, they should be the, the the texas walmarts okay but here's the thing is that i i agree i i why do i hate texas i, so I do too it's but just deep rooted in, in me i don't know why you know kind of jokingly at the beginning of every year i always say you know i don't i don't care what happens as long as we beat ut obviously that's a little bit far-fetched i want us to do well but now that we're out of bowl contention I don't really care as long as we beat UT. Well, we, got no other, <laughs> we got no other games to play, so yeah. You know, what? A- I would, I would love to have UT end on three straight losses to end their year. I don't want us to end on losing like multiple games in a row. I want them to be the team that ends on losing multiple games in a row. I mean, we we honestly wouldn't even be having this conversation about not going bowling if we just beat Kansas. I don't even want to talk about Kansas anymore or ever again. <laughs> this this season could be totally different from you know a fan perspective if we just beat Kansas. That game has is just going to come back to haunt us, and it did, and it's happening. It's present. It's haunting me. I had blocked that out of my mind. Yes, and you my, just bring it back up again and five again. Five grand of shock therapy uh, treatments is uh, <laughs> it's all coming back up. But you know what, the the football team, like you said, as long as they can just beat UT. I'll call it an okay year. And with that, I think we move on to the big Thanksgiving Day game, a game we've all had circled as the first real test for this Texas Tech basketball team, and that's going to be Iowa Thursday night, 8 p.m., after we get a belly full of turkey, 8 p.m. Eastern time, let me be clear. After I get a belly full of turkey and I'm sitting on the couch and everyone expects me to turn on the NFL, nope, surprise, Tech basketball, how you doing? That's right. How <laughs> you doing? <laughs> hey, listen, man. Uh, I think we're all excited. Obviously, this is the first real test for Texas Tech basketball this year. Um, let's do a quick re- recap of where we are. Um, played on Sunday, LIU, Long Island University. Terrible start for the Texas Tech basketball squad. Defense. Um, defense. Offense a little bit uh, in the first half. Could have been better, but we saw ourselves trailing by one at home. 
to go on and absolutely explode to a 30 point victory um, by a, by a 30 uh, by by a second half just absolute uh, dominant performance. I would love to have been a fly on the wall at halftime to see what Chris Beard said to those guys. Um, he has to be the best second coach team in college basketball. Oh man, the second half is is our is our time. Absolutely, we saw that last year, but. Um, let's talk about some of the keys to the game going into Iowa. For me, um, number one, let's keep Jemias Ramsey rolling. We see him now, mm. if I'm not mistaken, the leading scorer in the Big 12, mm. true freshman. I mean, that this, this kid has been an absolute monster all year, and I expect him to have a giant, giant couple of games in Las Vegas. Um, TJ Holyfield has got to stay out of foul trouble. We, yep. see, we see what this team does and how different they play when TJ isn't there. They kind of run their offense around TJ, and he is a huge impact player when he's on the court. So we have got to play well. And then three, our defense has to be better than we've been. We need to shut down Iowa. They've got a pretty potent offense. We've seen what they can do, especially last year in the tournament. Um, They're a good squad. Beard's got to have his guys ready. But for me, I love this game. I love this matchup. I can't wait for some real competition for Texas Tech to get some real recognition. It's go time. And you know what? Something else I I would love to point out that just I've loved watching this team so far. And it's something that you've pointed out multiple times, Chris. And I think it's really going to help us, like you said, Evan, when we go into these real games, this this Nevada-Las Vegas uh, tournament to start. The team, when you say they've been gelling together so well, and even though it's a bunch of new guys and young guys, the, like not only can you see it on the court, but the stats back it up. Texas Tech is number one in the country in assists to field goals made ratio. Yeah, They literally share the ball better than every team in the country. I'm talking all 350-something fucking Division One teams. Tech has the best chemistry, and it's so fun to watch. Yeah. And, and I was going to say, I think the key to the game that Evan didn't point out was uh, Chris Clark. I think Chris Clark is the absolute cornerstone of this Texas Tech squad. Um, he is so unselfish with the ball, and right, he's leading the nation in assists per game. Is that correct? Uh, I don't. I, I, he's he's top. I don't know if he's leading, but he, he's up there. He is definitely top, and I think that he needs to take a little bit more control of this team and put it on its back. I know he's a newcomer. I know that he's new to this program. But when he is dominant on the floor and he's going in for scoring or passing up shots, getting assists, um, Texas Tech's offense flows. And we can kind of see that just throughout every game. Every player has huge point. Uh, they, they score a lot of points when Chris Clark is giving them the ball. So as long as Chris Clark's out there and he's commanding their offense, we've got a good shot against anyone in the nation. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more with you, Chris. I just want to hop in right here and say that, in my opinion, sometimes we see Chris – Clark being too unselfish. Mm. I want to see him get a little more aggressive trying to score the ball. Um, throughout the course of this season, we've seen him make some plays where it's like, Chris, go up, man. You got the size advantage. And Beard has said that, and, and Beard is working on that. And he also says, hey, watch out for Chris Clark. He's coming. He's going to lead the, he's going to lead the team in scoring in games this year. Like he's he's going to be your scorer. Um, we're just going to try to develop him. So, uh, and we saw him at Virginia Tech. You know, absolutely crush it uh, on on the scoring side of the ball. So, get ready for Mr. Clark coming um, to to be a scorer. I, I think his time's going to come. Uh, he just got to yeah. he's, he's got to quit being too unselfish, which is kind of funny to say. But I mean, um, he's got to take he's got to take some more shots when he has the advantage. 
I mean, to, to that point, uh, just looking at some of his, his stats here, you guys are right with how unselfish he's been. He, his assist rate uh, of like uh, per possession he has, he's getting assessed on 37.9% of the times he has the ball. Really? And wow. on the other half, he's only taking shots 8% of that time. Wow. Whereas if you look at his, uh, like the couple years beforehand, he's more like a 15 to 20% shooter and a 25% on the, on the dish side. But um, with Tech, I think you're right. He's just trying to really gel with the team. He's the newcomer. Uh, he's, a, he's a transfer, and I think he's just really trying to get his guys to trust him a lot. And I think that's where how unselfish he's being comes into play. But I'm with you. I mean, the, the kid can shoot. Uh, let him free. Let him free. Damn, Ryan, I am going to pass off the Mr. Stat title over to you. That was impressive. That was, <laughs> that was some good stats there. I loved it. I got a question for you guys. What is up with Kyler Edwards? Ooh. He was throwing up bricks. Yeah, I love this one. I was actually about to bring this up, so if you don't mind, I'm going to jump in yeah, here. Hop in here, buddy. He, he is reminding <laughs> oh, yeah. me hop very, right on very, very much so as a Brandon Francis from last year. Oh, my God. Um, because both – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make some comparisons here. Both have elite scoring ability. We've seen it from him, okay? I think, that Kyler, I think Kyler's in a little bit of an – I don't think. I know that he's in a little bit of an offensive slump. Mm-hmm. But – Look at what look at what Brandon did. Okay, he stuck with it. He stuck with what he knew he could did. He had confidence in himself. Uh, his teammates had confidence in him. And down the stretch of the season, he was a pivotal point in our offense. So I don't have any doubt or concern about Kyler. To me, he's just in a slump. Every player goes through it. He'll, he'll find his way out of it. He's got to have confidence in himself. Uh, he's got to have confidence that his his coaches and his teammates trust him. And Kyler will be fine. All right, well, I, I really hope so. <laughs> he was throwing up bricks in that game, but he's perfect from the foul line, same with Moretti. And uh, when he's driving That's... to the basket, and, uh, you know, when he's driving to the basket, good things happen. But when he's launching threes and deep twos, uh, we're seeing some bricks, and he, he makes those. So I mean, I also I can't stress him. enough, though, how important that stat you just said is, the perfect from the line. You know, you have – like you said, him and Moretti, both perfect from the line. And when it comes to college basketball, the amount of times games comes down to free throws is outrageous. I mean, people will start fouling with a few minutes left, and they're going to send you to the line all the way till you're up 10 points. And when you have someone like Moretti or Kyler that can go in there and you can just count on them to drain it every single time. We saw it multiple times down the stretch with Moretti last year. Oh, yeah. They'll give him the ball when they knew they were going to get fouled, and he just doesn't miss. That is going to be so big coming down the line. I, I mean, I just can't stretch it enough. Yeah, and let's hit on Moretti for a second, too. One thing I wanted to mention is how clutch he was last season and this season. So last season, Moretti was, I believe, the first Big 12 player to join the 50-50-90 club. And what that is is 50% from the field, 50% from three-point range, and 90% from the free-throw line. And if I'm not mistaken, that's the first Big 12 player – that has achieved that accomplishment. So let's keep that going because whenever it's clutch time and we need it, Moro, baby. Moro mm. all yeah. day. Also, I'm going to hit you with another stat because that's what I'm doing today. <laughs> Ramsey is leading Big 12 in points per game, and Moretti and Holyfield are both tied for number 10 in the Big 12 with points per game at 13.8, meaning Texas Tech has three of the top 10 scorers in the Big 12, and they're also the best defensive team. That's a hell of a combination. Texas Tech is the best defensive team in the Big 12 right now? 
In my opinion, I don't fucking know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, when it comes to stats, I can tell you that's not the case. But (laughs) last year we saw us finish with the number one defense in the nation. Mm -hmm. Okay, They're they're at number 12 in the nation right now. Yeah, so so look, uh, flashback to last year, okay? It was the same story. We started off non-conference before we went to the MTEs, and we saw us not play really good defense – we were giving up far too many points, far too many opportunities, and we gelled and we, we came together as a squad. I think the same thing's going to happen this year, man. I mean, if history's going to repeat itself, we're going to be okay on defense. Yeah, Tech is currently number 12 in the country and number three in the Big 12 in defense behind Kansas State and Kansas. But uh, and as far as the Rido rankings go, they're number one in the country. Rido so, rankings. Whatever. <laughs> you know what I want to bring up is a – is a star in the making is Chewy. Did you see this guy? I mean, he is so big and he has such <laughs> a dominant presence Chewy. down below. And he actually took a couple shots and he drained them. Yeah. He said, man, I don't know what to do with this ball in my hands. And he just tossed up a deep two and he, he scored. I was very impressed. As soon as Russell Chiwa can hone in on that little baby hook, mm-hmm. watch out. Cause he is dangerous when he can dial that in he is a big boy he is a big boy and let's talk about shannon for a second oh man he had some your favorite he had some highlight dunks and guess what he also drained a couple threes um he is also a star in the making i think i think what we're going to see here is a zaire smith one year uh one year with mate i mean hopefully not but if ramsey goes gets drafted this year i think we're going to see uh, a similar thing with, you know, how Jarrett stayed behind when Sire went to the NBA. I think Shannon is the next superstar for Texas Tech. I mean, his athleticism is off the charts. That dude jumps out of the gym. And if you can just keep practicing his three ball and deep two, he's, I mean, he, we saw he pump faked and went in for like the most electrifying dunk that he made. He missed, he missed one later in the game, which was just, which was that, even better. Yeah. Which was going to be just top, sports center top 10. But, uh, Sports he, Center. <laughs> he he pump faked and he went in for an unbelievable dunk, and then he made a couple. He made a three that I saw. I know he missed a couple, but if if when he can start honing in on that uh, deep three and deep two shot, boy, that that is he's going to be unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, he's got retweet, great size, retweet. great length, and like you said, unreal athleticism. So you know, develop that game a little bit more. Get that outside shot going, and you're right. He's just going to be even more dangerous than he already is. Also, another superstar in the making is Clarence Nadoli. He he had an electrifying dunk at the end of the game that he didn't pass to the Russian. He took that one himself and said, hey, Shannon, let me show you what I can do after Shannon missed that crazy dunk. But he's got a great shot, and he can finish down below as well. So he's going to be a great guard in the future. Yeah, also, I like Nadolny. that Tech is getting these uh, these foreign players too. It's like yeah. they're not just recruiting here; they're not just getting you know the grad transfers like we know uh, Chris Beard is apt to do. But they also getting the Dolny from France. They're getting the Russian kid, and on top of it, Chewy's from uh, Cam- Cameroon, right? Yeah, yep. yeah. Like we're getting people from literally all over the world on this. Is he team. from Cameroon? Did you just make that up? No, he's from Cameroon. He went to high school in, in the U.S., but Putnam, Connecticut. <laughs> he went to school. Putnam Science oh, well, Academy, actually, from which Cameroon, is uh, I feel like Putnam Science Academy just puts out giant players. That's where we uh, got Malik Ondingo from. Was Putnam Science Academy, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, Chris. He is. He's originally from Douala, Cameroon. 
So, fuck you. <laughs> hey, man, if you guys want to come to Lubbock, you know, more than welcome to. Now, one other player I wanted to mention was, um, was Kevin McCuller. <laughs> I've, I was a little disappointed with how McCullough's been playing, especially taking care of the ball early. Mm-hmm. I thought that this last game he played really well. Um, and part of it's just kind of dusting the rust off. You know, he was a big-time recruit coming in that reclassified early, could have played last year if he hadn't gotten hurt in high school. Um, and, you know, he I, I thought that he played really well and that, and that he's just going to be even better moving forward. Really liked what I saw from him. Uh, and I think that he's going to be really pivotal moving forward as well. So there's really not a whole lot bad to say about any player, in my opinion, which is so, so Other exciting. Other than Kyler Edwards. Well, oh, man. I'm not hating on Kyler at all. I mean, he's a superstar in his own right. But, but the, he's just got to start shooting a little better. The depth that we have, and mind you, okay, the depth that we have doesn't even count Tyreek Smith, mm. who's coming back in a couple weeks, big-time recruit. You know, he decommitted from A&M. Um, committed to Texas Tech, supposed to jump out of the gym with athleticism, big-time rim defender. He's going to be awesome moving forward this year if he doesn't redshirt. I hope he doesn't. And then we don't even have Joel and in, in Tomboy playing this year either. Yeah. The depth that this team has is even deeper than two years ago with Keenan Evans leading the squad, in my opinion. I'm going to bring this up real quick. If the NCAA has some kind of hate for Chris Beard – because why did all the other UNLV transfers get approved on their transfer wires, or, uh, but Joel did not? It doesn't make any sense why he didn't get approved on his transfer. Yeah, I, I don't get it either. I mean, you saw like people of the likes of Jay Billis and everyone tweeting about it, saying you know they granted to all of his teammates, like you said, Chris, but not him, calling the policy a joke. I mean, I, I Why? really, I, I don't think there's any explanation. I haven't, I actually haven't seen a single real explanation. That's the thing. They don't need to explain themselves. It's just a yes or no. They don't have to put out any explanation for their reasoning at all. Which is bullcrap. The thing yeah. I, I don't, which I just really don't get that his teammates all were accepted. Exactly. Like yeah, I, I, no they, I would expect it to just be the same all the way across the board. It should, be. but I mean. You got to love what uh, Beard said about him earlier before, you know, they found out if it was accepted or denied or whatever. He said, if he doesn't play, we're going to have the best offseason year in the history of college basketball. <laughs> <laughs> There's no so, you know, doubt about Beard's it. Beard's staying positive. He's staying positive, And, I mean, I just really don't get it. But So, so bringing up that Texas Tech has been getting all these foreigners, do you think that's because of Moretti and Moretti's dad? Because Moretti's dad is a professional coach out in Italy. And that's the reason he hasn't been to many games. He'll fly in for a Texas Tech game, but he's got to bounce back to go coach a professional team in the EuroLeague. I mean, I think that's why we got Moretti, no doubt. But well, yeah. I want to, I mean, we've, we've had foreigners through Bob Knight, Pat Knight, Brando and Francis, uh, all the way through Scott Walker, uh, Gillespie. Tubby Smith. I mean, we've, we've had foreigners on each team. I think it's just part of it. But Who's going out and getting these players? Bouncing around from Russia to where did you say Chewy is from? I guess Cameroon. Putnam, Putnam Connecticut. Uh, Cameroon. from France. And then Davide from, uh, from Italy. And you know where Ntambwe is from? 
Well, yes, he went to UNLV, and sure, he went to a prep school, as you're going to point out again. But he's from Belgium, and then he lived in the Democratic Republic of the Congo for a long time. <laughs> you, you big stats with Rido over here, Dude, my God. Unreal. What is going on? <laughs> I'm using... I'm using the internet to my advantage. Okay, I will have to say this on air. Uh, Evan Johnson did beat me in ping pong. Ooh, let's give him a little more detail around that, Chris. Sorry, I know that's a random stat, but here's a stat for you. Go ahead, Chris, take it away. Uh, I believe that he's on performance-enhancing drugs. He looks like he's taking steroids of some kind. I believe there might be some D-ball in the system, but yes, I did lose to him in ping pong. So there's a little segment for whoever cares about that. And what people may not know is uh, Christopher Moss is not only an intramural champion at college in ping pong, but also an international champion taking down an entire school in Greece. But yet he comes home to Lubbock, Texas, and can't beat the first person he sees. <laughs> Leading me to believe maybe he hasn't played that great competition before. Ryan, that's a little rude. Give me a little credit because I'm going to deny the performance-enhancing drugs. <laughs> I will say Evan is Evan is has drank a lot, and I think that is improving him in ping pong. He's making him all loose. Here's uh, the, here's <laughs> the thing: no no performance enhancing drugs, no steroids. People do say that I have the body of a god. If it's Buddha, that's besides the point. But <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Oh man. God, I Well, boys, I think this one's getting a little off the rails, and I, it might be about time to start packing it in for the week wait, and wait, getting wait. ready for our big Thanksgiving. We've had we've had a couple questions come on air oh. here, so we're going to have to answer them, if that's all right with you, Mr. Moderator. <laughs> um, I will allow it. Okay. Well, first off, I can't remember the person's name from our live that we had for two minutes, but they wanted to know a score prediction for Iowa, which means... Evan, you're going to have to answer this one, bud. Yep, yep, I got this one. Texas Tech, 81. Iowa, 63. Ryan? I'm going to go Texas Tech, 87. Iowa, 71. Mm, see, I'm taking a big win. I'm more with Ryan on this one. The explosive offense that I saw in the second half of the game against Long Island. I think we're going to put up 90 on these guys. I think we're going to get Ooh. to a point where I was trying to push the ball as fast as they can because it's it's a meaningful game, right? So they're not gonna they're not gonna be out there just practicing on stuff. Oh, if, this this is a massive get, game for Iowa. Yeah, if they get down, they're gonna have to you know start putting up points, which means Texas Tech can get the ball quicker into their hands. And we've seen Texas Tech score quickly, unlike the years in the past where their offense is kind of slow and they you know do the motion offense and they wait for an open shot. We got shooters on this team, man. We got shooters. I'm saying Texas Tech puts up 90 plus. This is the biggest. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I would say this is the, the biggest a uh, non-conference game. <laughs> this is the yeah. biggest non-conference game Iowa has, like you said. This is they're going to be coming out hard. I'm saying Texas Tech 93, Iowa Hawkeyes 62. Ooh, I love that. That, that is, is a systematic dismantling. That is that is a huge win. All right, then we got another question here uh, from Callaway underscore Soto. How far do you mm-hmm. think our basketball team will go? Very vague. Evan, I don't know if you have to answer this one because I know you hate jinxing us. No, I love, uh, I, I, I love I taking this one. this one. No, no, Ryan, you go first. Uh, uh, they're going to win the NBA championship this year. <laughs> 
Well, you know, there's always a possibility. Um, Look out I, for them versus the Los Angeles Lakers. So, so I'm, I'm, I was just talking to Evan before about, you know, right now, how far do I think that this team can go? And that is really just going to be, you know, it's up in the air with me because I just haven't seen that Texas Tech defense that we've seen in the years past. And Evan was saying, you know, we're going to see this team gel together more, and we're going to see that, you know, Chris Beard's system on defense become more prevalent. Right now, I'm, I'm expecting them to get to the Sweet 16. That's, that's so, what I can say, that so they're going to get what, to the Sweet 16, and they could go as far as they want. But right now, I see us as a Sweet 16 team. Yeah, and I, I mentioned to Chris earlier, so, Ryan, that I think that if we don't reach the Sweet, sweet 16 – I, I would consider it a, a slight disappointment. I mean, I think the expectations for them to go back to the national championship while doable is 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 uh, a little bit ridiculous because of how incredibly difficult it is to go to a national championship. Can they do it? You betcha. But um, for me, what would I consider a disappointment? If we don't go to the Sweet 16, I would be a little disappointed this year. Uh, so to give a real answer um... – I honestly think uh, I I think beyond that I'm thinking this is definitely another Final Four team, and the reason I say that is I kind of disagree with what you said about the defense. Okay. Um, I mean, like I said before, they're ranked 12th in the country in efficiency, but beyond that, they're playing with a faster pace this year than in years past, just because, like you said, it's more of an explosive offense. So inherently, the other team's going to get more possessions, but they've still only let up 60, 44. 74 and that game was absurd because they scored over 100 points 57 and 66 points while being top 10 in the country and offensive rebound percentage allowed top 25 in turnovers uh top 50 in effective field goal percentage their defense is elite once again and i think only going to get better with time since it's a young bunch so i really do think this defense will be top five in the country again and this year paired with a much better offense and chris beard i mean he's his teams have only gotten better as years have gone on it's not like you can expect a team to be in the final weekend every year in college basketball because we've seen even with those historic blue bloods that's impossible to do yeah but i really think that this is a talented bunch more so than beard has probably ever had and i'd be shocked to see them not at least get back to the elite eight shocked okay so you say that they're a final four team what other teams do you think right now are final four teams I mean, it's obviously early. You can always circle Duke for having the potential to get there. Um, Memphis, once James Wiseman is back, Memphis is scary. But the number one team I'd be afraid of is Louisville. Um, Louisville is an incredible team. I think they're the best in the country. For me, by far, if I was to pick a lock-in Final Four team, Michigan State. Yeah, I was going to say Michigan State as well. Dude, I, I don't know. I mean, Michigan State is definitely a very good school, definitely a very good team. But, I mean, watching the couple games I've watched for them, I mean, they've already lost two games. They lost to Kentucky and Virginia Tech. They barely beat Georgia today. And I just, I mean, they have great players, but I, I don't, I'm not sold on Cassius Winston. I think he's very much so a college player. That's why he's yep. a senior still playing. I say that too. And, I mean, the other guys, I just, I don't think Michigan State is as good as the hype they've gotten. I think that the team that's going to get upset early, maybe in maybe even first round, and this might be you know too early to say, but I think Kentucky gets upset real early in the tournament. I mean, we I saw them lose to Evansville, so yeah, that's and not... they, uh, it doesn't 
Does but we also like saw him beat Michigan State. True. But well, yeah, I agree. I can see Kentucky getting an early exit, even though they have two guys that'll be top ten picks. Man, which is I insane. cannot wait to just focus on basketball for the rest of the Me season. Too. <laughs> so we're yeah, we have a little bit to say about it. It appears, and it's just going to get better and better and better. Chris, oh, another team to watch out for in college basketball, who I could definitely see making a Final Four run, Arizona. Nico Mannion is the real fucking deal. That kid is, that is, the, is that the redhead? Yes, and I've yeah. been watching him throughout high school on Ball's life. Dude. That guy is nasty. I mean, I know they haven't really played any legit teams yet. The best team they've played is Illinois, who will be a tournament team, but they are beating like every team by at least 30 points. It's insane. They're so good. You know, and if I can keep going on this, you know what's crazy is the Big 12 – is again going to be the best conference in college basketball. I don't there's not a team in the division that I don't see going to the tournament. Right now, I, I swear to God, I think every single team from the Big Twelve goes to the NCAA tournament. The worst team is what? West Virginia? And they're undefeated right now. And they're fifty second on Ken Palm, I believe. They might Yeah, go. I mean you're right. I be- mean the, the the you know how many teams make the tournament, Chris, right? Yeah, I know. I understand. Yeah, I think what he's saying is that every team has the potential to go. In Kempom, as top sixty-four teams, exactly. Every team has the potential to go. This is going to be an exciting year for the Big Twelve in basketball. Very exciting. There's, there's no, there's no gimmies in basketball this year in the Big Twelve. No, not Not at all. all. Well, I had one other thing, Chris. Any other questions to address? No, keep going. Well, I don't know if you guys saw. Uh, Texas Tech recruit Mr. Namari Burnett making mm. Sports Center top ten I did not. two nights ago. Um, Sports Center. He and he and the prolific prep team that he plays for. Um, they 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 had a big time square off in I believe Arizona. Um, a couple of top high school teams in the nation squaring off sixty three to sixty three with about three seconds left. Opposing team. Shooting a field goal, uh, shooting a, a free throw to win it, missed it. Outlet to Mister Burnett, way behind half court, absolutely drills it at the buzzer, put his team on top. It was a beautiful thing to see. Mm. Uh, I can't wait to see him in a Texas Tech red and black uniform. He put the team on his back. That's mm. right. And then one other thing I wanted to mention is that for the viewers listening here. Um, listeners, listeners, listening, <laughs> <laughs> viewers, listeners, listening, viewing, whatever. Um, coming up Thanksgiving, there is a big time square off that's going to be on ESPN, I believe. Also, a massive party at Evan's dad's house. That's right. Um, <laughs> address to be revealed. Um, we get to see two Texas Ten Tech Main Street. <laughs> Ten Main Street. Very close. Two Texas Tech recruits, Namari Burnett included, as well as Micah Peavy. Squaring off against LeBron James' son, Bronny James Jr., and Dwayne Wade's son, Zaire Wade. Um, that's going to be televised on, I believe, ESPN. Uh, I think it's in Dallas. I read an article. So if you're in the DFW area, go go support our Texas Tech recruits. That's going to be a that, fun high school basketball game to watch. Also, that is go insane. See LeBron. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, he's at a lot of his son's games. I mean, Dwayne Wade will 100% be there. Where are they going um, to college? It, they're, they're freshmen. Okay. No, I think I, I think uh, Zaire Wade is actually a senior. No, they're, they're both freshmen. 
Are you sure? Because I, 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 I look track their careers. Ryan is big fat. Zaire Williams. Zaire Williams is also on their team. He's a top five recruit and he's a senior. They also have BJ Boston, who's a top ten recruit in this year's class as well. He's committed to Kentucky and he is fun to watch. Mm. Brownie James and Zaire Wade both are are youngins and they get a, they get some time and they're great. But there are some teams on or some kids on that team that are incredible. BJ Boston and Zaire Williams to top the list. So. I have one thing to bring up. Um, did TJ Vasher play on the offensive side of the ball on our last football game? Because what I'm seeing on the stats is that he has zero receiving yards, but his name does come up on defense. I was actually out there wearing number nine, so people got confused. <laughs> That's why they were like, why is this guy so much slower? Did he smoke so much weed and eat so many Cheetos that he turned into think, Evan Johnson? I, I, think, I think he only got uh, put out there on uh, special teams. Oh, really? Okay. That's why he shows up on defense. Gotcha. No, uh, yeah. I, I got to disagree with you. He, Because I commented on it to my family while we were watching it. He was a receiver in the game. Did he? He just didn't get any balls past him. Just bowls. Mm. But <laughs> interesting based on what we said last time. But what do you think, fellas? I think that's about it for this week. Yeah, probably. We've kind of been all over the map. <laughs> but that's going to happen uh, once in a while. And, you know, I hope you all enjoyed it. Enjoy your Thanksgivings. I know I will. Mm. Um, I'm Ryan. I'm Chris. And I'm Evan. And this has been... The Raider Power Podcast. Guns up, fellas. Guns up. Guns up, baby.